You're listening to Close the Loop, a podcast for business decision makers who are eager to put on their marketing hat and prove the worth of their campaigns. Here to get you excited about attribution and invite you to act on these topics is the host, Kevin Dini, a true marketing and data nerd, live and virtual event speaker, and fan of all things Batman. He's joined by a variety of guests, subject matter experts, and colleagues who are passionate about helping business leaders like you to succeed. No need to take notes. Just visit the show page on callsource.com and read the transcripts, watch the episodes, or get any links mentioned in the show. Hello, and welcome to the Close the Loop podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dini, and today we're going to be talking about video marketing for small businesses, how we get videos created, produced, edited, published, marketed, you know, how we get videos to help our business help them grow. So to help me dive into this topic, I have a very special guest. His name is David Feynman. He, David Feynman is a serial entrepreneur. David has been starting companies since the age of 16. So he's been doing this a long time and for most of his life. Uh, he currently owns five companies and is heavily involved in the video and business, video with business, video creation industries. Uh, David loves building community. And he loves endurance, sports, and triathlon. So he's pretty much an endurance type guy. So welcome, David. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate you having me here. So just to ground our audience on what we're going to be talking about, uh, video marketing for small businesses. Uh, video is a great medium to grow a business. However, I don't know how many, I don't know if I've ever met that many businesses who are like, yeah, I'm using vi- small businesses who are saying, I, I'm using video all the time everywhere. I think what I'm hearing a lot of times is video. Oh man, <laughs> how am I going to do that? Or, Oh, that's something I've been you know, avoiding and it's tough to do. So do you think like, as far as the future of video and businesses, video marketing, do you think that there's a point where all businesses, all small businesses that everyone's going to be adopting and using video across the board and they're in, you know, creating and growing their businesses? Yeah. I, I- I think that's a, that's a valid question. So I think it's important to like provide context of like how online marketing has gone. Right. So when we started out, it was pretty much a directory, right? You'd go on a, you go find a list of a business, you know, on Yahoo or Google back in the day. And it was actually like a digital phone book. And then things evolved and everyone started making their own websites. Websites were very basic. They just had text on them. You know, here's our hours. Here's a little bit about what we do. And then as time has evolved, we're now currently in a stage where your website has to be really robust. It has to really show off what you're doing uh, as a business. You know, if you're a restaurant, small business, you have to show your menu. Maybe you have to show your food. If you notice where the internet is going with Web 3.0, um, we've gone from actually looking at something to being able to be inside of it. So I think video is like that midterm next evolution. Um, and it has been for years. Uh, for, for people to to recognize something, both from a search perspective, typing into Google and finding something, and also wanting to see something before they go and experience it. Especially a younger audience, they, they really want to see what they're getting before they get it. A lot of people are unwilling to take the risk of time to figure out what they should do with something before they actually see it, before you buy it. So um, I think all businesses need some form of it, whether or not it's a really robust strategy or something simple. It, it just depends on where you're at. Yeah. 
that feeling of like, well, like people who say it's too expensive, it's too hard, it's too much, they maybe just don't know. Like, so for the business who are pushing back saying video is just for a small business too much, too hard. Like what do you, you're, you're asking me to do is like, you're asking me to produce like a Super Bowl commercial here. So, so like what, um, how, how does a business who's a smaller business, how do they jump into the world of using video to grow their business? It's a great question. So um, if you're if you're on the smaller side, you're just getting started, which is the group of people I'm assuming you're you're speaking about, you're going to want to either do a do-it-yourself version or you're gonna to want to do what I call the do-it-together version. I always recommend that even even if you think you could do it yourself, always try to do the do-it-together version uh, with some sort of professional. Um, so what should you could do is you can record some sort of video and then pass along that video to an editor to polish it up and, and make you stand out. You could do it like that to start out and that'll give you um, a way of doing a video that's um, much more cost-effective, but still get you that professional polish to it. Um, and then, you know, as your business grows, you can graduate to doing a little bit more professional professional content. Yeah. So in terms of the types of videos that small businesses should be making, could be making that provide, I guess, what their consumers are, are requiring. Because you've said um, they want to be able to see it. They want to be able to interact with it, or they want to be able to see how it is live moving around. So what kinds of videos, I guess, would work best for a small business? Are you familiar with like the awareness consideration decision framework? Mm -hmm. So we kind of think about video in that same framework. So awareness, like when someone comes and they're looking for something, you want to create videos that fit into that category. That might be your search traffic videos. Like that might be an about us video, something like that. Then you want something in the middle, something that um, lets people that are deciding on buying your product or service to decide on this. For a restaurant, this might be like a video of some of the food and how it's made for maybe someone that's selling more B2B. This could be like your uh, testimonial uh, type video. And then decision um, stage of the of the game. This might be stuff about features, all your frequently asked questions. All those kind of videos can be put at that stage of it. So really, we just kind of look at it like a sales funnel and operating your video is kind of like a virtual sales funnel in, in a sense. I'm curious what you think of that that framework because um, it's, it's definitely like a little um, interesting way of doing it. Yeah. Well, so I was also going to like make sure I explain it too, because the funnel or the framework, the sales funnel is very much like, a, I believe, a great idea to do it. And for our listeners who are like, what is he talking about? Awareness, consideration, decision. It's basically the way I understand it is that you're moving from consumers who don't have any idea they even have a problem to those that figure out, oh, I, yeah, that, this is a this is a problem. I should do something about it. To well, who who does solve the problems? You know, <laughs> like for instance, I've met people who are like, well, I've got this problem, but I wouldn't know where to go to fix it. Are there people that that help with that kind of thing? <laughs> and so you're kind of moving people along. Now, how how large those groups are, right? Very much varies across the industry or industry landscape, but. The other thing to consider here is, right, like, yes, I'm moving people down toward, like, they know they have a problem, they know we could fix it, they trust us, they know us. But at the end of the day, too, I think one really important aspect about video is that, yes, on your website or wherever <laughs> you're interacting with your consumers, you could tell them, you could write it, you could show little visuals, like a diagram, an image. But having a video also means that 
people can read it, they can see it, like they can pick and choose their sort of medium modality that they want to adopt to learn along these paths. So I think, yeah, maybe first you'd go, okay, well, do I have written text for all these? Because you could just whip that up fairly quickly. You go, okay, well, now I have text. Do I have images? Do I have graphics? Can I explain this visually? Okay, now I think you're evolved to that third tier, which is like, do I have video to move someone from, to, to just explain the problem and then to explain how the, the solution works. And that's what David is talking about. And, and also why I think it's so important that you include different types of mediums at each point so that you're kind of, <laughs> you're hitting, because p- some people don't like video at all. And they'll be like, oh, like video just makes me, you know, sucks my internet bandwidth. I'd rather read it. Some people are blind and so they have to hear it, right? So it makes sense that you'd want to have these different mediums to to cater to the entire possible grouping of whatever your tastes of your audience are. That's again, that's kind of why I think what you're saying, David, is the videos, in a way, the format you should think about what kind of videos to make is fit them into, okay, how am I helping people figure out and then learn and then become closer to a customer or a consumer? Yeah, exactly. Like you want to, you want to kind of just walk them through the process and give them another, another medium in which they can interact with you before they get to you. Kind of like a virtual salesperson. Okay. So let's, let's go to the very, very beginning of this, right? This whole topic. If a business is like, okay, I'm bought in on the video thing. Where do I start? Do I have to go buy a video camera? Can I just use my Android iPhone? I know that some of them might be like more budget conscious at the smaller business level. So where does a small business with a limited budget start? Like, where? Do, how do they go? Okay, today I don't have a video. Tomorrow I have a video. Like, how do they, yeah. where, where do you start, get started with that kind of thing? Yeah. So um, I actually gave this this one some thought because you had sent this question over to me. Um, and as, as someone who does professionally, like, you know, I, I tried to think like, what is the simplest way <laughs> that someone could create something that at least they have something? And um, what's crazy now is the phones um, that are out there are really good in terms of quality. So I would recommend that you grab your phone. Let's say you have a physical location or if you don't have a physical location, set set up the camera on a nice steady service. Um, ideally, you would have some sort of like either a tripod like like this, like a little monopod, you know, tripod like this that you could just put on your desk or, you know, even some sort of clamp to hold, hold down your phone. And you can start recording. It can either be you talking to the camera and talking about a, a given topic, or maybe you talk a little bit and then you scan around and you pull some footage. And using, if you have a MacBook, you can use you can use iMovie. Uh, you can download Adobe if you want to get a little more fancy. Or there's even if you Google free editing tools, there's a ton of different apps out there. Um, I haven't experimented with them, so there's none in particular that I would recommend. There's a ton of different free editing apps that you can use or even low-cost editing apps that you can use. It's like very simply put together a quick edit uh, based on, on what you record on your phone. Or even you can go, you could go out and and work with an editing service um, that could take what take what you made on your phone and turn it into something a little bit more polished if you have a, if you have a little bit of a budget for it. So if you already have a phone, which I think 99.99% of us do, you can make a video and you could get started. Um, it's easier said than done. Like it's easier for me to say that out of my mouth than for you to do it. It's actually like very nerve wracking to be on camera for a lot of people. And I think that's like the biggest barrier, uh, myself included. Um, you know, I'm like, I, I, I do get a little nervous behind the camera sometimes. So I, it's something that comes with a lot of practice. Like a lot of the customers that we've worked with for years are like, they're fine now. And it's, it, it just takes a lot of time to 
get used to being on camera, speaking in sound bites, speaking succinctly, and and just getting your message across. Wow. Yeah, I think that's really good and encouraging because uh, the the thing, the question that goes along with that so much with when in my head is, okay, well, what is the quality requirement, right? Like, if I make a video with my phone and I publish it, is everyone going to go, oh, that's bad quality? I'm not going to watch that, and is it going or is it going to make my business look poor or bad? Like, so I think one of the considerations too is, is like, what should be the production standards? Like, is yeah. like for a smaller business who may have a brand they, they feel needs more or less, like does all that sort of weigh into, or is video like a special space where it's okay to have some low quality stuff, maybe some higher quality stuff? Like, can it run the gamut? You know what I mean, David? Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I think, I think um, for a lot of businesses, it depends on where you're competing. Um, some of the larger business clients in the world, you you can't afford to put out something that that, <laughs> that doesn't look polished because your competitors have something that looks polished and looks like you know the video costs a great deal of money and it represents the professional quality of the brand. That's not to say you can't do something um, on TikTok as well or do something on in short form content. Um, we're seeing like a huge rise in over the past probably year and a half, two years, even since like the start of the pandemic of short form video content on both TikTok, Instagram reels, and now YouTube shorts. So that type of content, you still want to, as a business, have it have some level of quality. If you look at some of the top creators, it's not just like a janky, shaky cell phone video. It has good lighting. It has good sound. It's well-spoken. The points are clear and, and, and made, but you know, the bar of quality um, is subjective. But at the same time, you also want to make sure that it does have some level of polish. And really the three things that I can recommend are you know, doing a little bit of research ahead of time about what you're talking about um, and, and kind of put your bullets and thoughts down on paper. The second one would be lighting. Make sure you have good lighting in your room. Uh, a good natural light uh, would be great. Definitely a huge difference. Like if I were to lower my blinds right now in the quality of like the light hitting my face, then now uh, I'm right next to a window. So that helps a lot. Um, and then your sound, um, you want to make sure that you're speaking clearly um, into a microphone if you have an extra one. Um, so those those couple little things take like that amateur level and at least make it like an amateur plus video where it doesn't look like something that was just recorded fly by night. <laughs> yeah, I think that's th- those are all really great. And I think can easily be something that people go, well, this is why I'm not even going to pursue video because, you know, like this... my idea is uh, my business is going to have to be great. I want like a whole production team, like Super Bowl style commercial ads. Uh, So if, if I can't do that, I'm just not going to, not going to bother. So there's a great stat. um, I think I I shared it with you ahead of time, but I'm going to read it is from HubSpot. They said 72% of customers said they would rather learn about a product or service by way of video. Right. So that. 72% 72% would rather learn about a product or service from a video, right? So if you just ignore video, what are the consequences? What is the, what are you missing out on? Like how bad really is it if a business just doesn't use video or doesn't do any video at all? Is it really that bad? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you think about all of the platforms on the internet that we all go on, right? The majority of them are video-based. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Netflix, Hulu, they're all primarily video. 
and yes, you should absolutely have written content that should be part of your strategy. But I think businesses that aren't doing it are missing a huge opportunity to capture their audience. So their competitors aren't doing it or they are doing it and people are going there and learning about a product or service virtually on their own time. I think um, any more people don't necessarily want to call without doing a little bit of research ahead of time on the business and like at least having something where they can watch something before they do a little research is important. And it gives you kind of like a taste of what's to come with a business or with an experience that you're about to go into. So I think um, that helps our article spot on. Um, and, and from what we found with a couple of our companies that have really embraced it, uh, we work with this one local company, they do kitchen and baths. They've really embraced video from start to finish. So every part of their process is documented. They probably have 50 videos on their website is they'll find when a customer comes to them that the customer's like ready to go. Like the customer, they don't have to spend a lot of time explaining it. They just get right into their process. They've even gone so far as to create a process video to share. This is how our process works. So people know exactly what they're getting when they come to the door. So all of their leads, all the people that come into their, their shop are pre-qualified. They know all the FAQs. They've seen the work that they've done. They can point to specific case study examples of kitchens that they've liked in the past. So really the work the hard work that was done ahead of time with a salesperson or with with humans is now done and they're just coming in ready to go um, as the perfect customer. So I think businesses that, that aren't do it, do it. Obviously, you can still be successful without video. There's plenty of companies that are, but you're missing out on, you know, a lot of, a lot of getting a customer that's kind of spending that time that you talked about in the HubSpot article upfront, learning about your product or service and and they're ready to go. Yeah. Wow. That's such a cool example. I, I was going to piggyback on what I had said before, with another like quote I saw from a company, from Limelight, where they said, online video consumption has increased across all age groups in the last five years. So yes. kitchen and baths, right? That's, that's an industry for people who have enough, I guess, money <laughs> to be able to afford to yeah. upgrade an existing kitchen and bath. So I would say that that's not, you know, your 18, 16 year olds who, (laughs) you know, so is video for all the age groups, right? Like, is it impactful for all the age groups is sort of what that's suggesting. But, and what you're found too, is like, it's, it's worked here and there for, for this customer, that customer video is helping customers arrive at a business ready to go. And it seems like you've seen that impact, not just the young crowd, like that's affecting everyone. Yeah, we've definitely seen it uh, affecting everyone. I think you'll notice just what platform are people engaging with. Like, obviously, TikTok skews younger. So does Instagram Reels. But if you go onto like a Facebook uh, or a YouTube or even on the website of a customer, that's going to skew older. And it's also, you know, your your buyer and the user of your product or service is going to you know have a certain demographic range, and that demographic range is using the internet somehow. They might not be using it like you would, or or they might be using it a little differently. But every age group is using the internet. Like, hey, my ninety year old grandmother, uh, we just got her a MacBook Pro, and she uses the internet. So, yeah, you know, I think I think it's covered across most age ranges. Yeah, I, and kind of like I was mentioning earlier, it's, I think it's great to have different medium types for every major point your business wants to communicate because you never know. Someone's going to be more hip in the video than others. Someone, 
you know, the longer to me, the longer someone's engaging with your web pages, the longer they're there, the more interactions that happening are happening. Even if they're like, hey, I saw like this is really helpful and explain it to me. I know someone else. I'll just refer them to this video. And then like yep. <laughs> things have a way of virality. Things have a way of expanding beyond, okay, I, I, I paid for this video to be made for my business. I'm seeing it's getting 10, 20, 30, whatever views. Like, am I going to get the million views? Am I going to end up like on morning shows because I made the, I made the greatest, uh, you know, small business video. I don't, I don't know if that's sort of the expectation, right? So how, how should a business sort of what, where should its expectations be with its videos? Like, should it be like, I've got to make the next, um, viral virality video that's going to crush the waves or should they just be making content for their visitors and not be looking at million hits you know like you know what i mean i mean look a, a video doesn't need to get a million views to be successful in theory a video that does get more views is going to be more successful there's no way to spin the numbers like that you know if you're getting more more of the right views i should say it's going to be more successful um but that being said like if you're getting you know as a local business if you're getting a lower number of views that's fine too or if you're a b2b uh company that doesn't sell to a lot of customers a year, but maybe your engagement size is higher. A video's use, you know, if you have a hundred customers and a thousand potential customers a year, you close one in ten, you know, that could be great for a local business, right? Just as kind of like an example to the kitchen and bath client, they don't they're not doing thousands of kitchens a year. Um, their videos don't get a ton of views, but the people that are visiting them and are interested in what they're doing. Um, are incredibly valuable customers. Like kitchens can cost quite a bit of money. So, you know, that focused customer sometimes is is better for you to get for some businesses. It just really depends on who you are and who you're trying to reach. There's a concept that we always talk about, which is called micro viral, which is going viral in the audience that you want something to go viral in. Um, you know, there's cer- certain videos that all of us have seen probably like, I think... All of the U.S. has probably seen Joe Biden falling off his bike this year, um, but you don't need your video to hit that level of virality per se. You know, you you just need it to hit it in your specific audience. And I think platforms like TikTok or Instagram Reels have opened and have have a great algorithm in order for people and companies to hit that right audience. Their their algorithm is super powerful and usually will put your video in front of the right people too. Let's say a business is like, okay, well, I'm going to create some videos, uh, but I would like them to have some consistency or some standards or some, you know, how, like how my approach is. You mentioned like, okay, let's make sure there's good lighting. Let's make sure that there's a good, I'm going to capture what people are saying. So it doesn't sound like I'm really far away. Um, There's crazy road noise or someone sawing in the background. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you're like, okay, I'm going to, if I'm going to make some the general, what are some of the general tips you'd have for, you know, beginner to, to approach to be like, okay, I'll, I'll remember, maybe I'll write these down. I'll have this list. And then when I approach each video, I'll have this standard. That way my videos turn out, you know, like you said, of the amateur level, <laughs> you shoot for that. Um, like, so what, are, maybe like, what are some of the tips for the baseline beginner amateurs to, to make sure and help them get to that next level? So we covered a couple of them. So strong lighting would be number one. Um, good sound is number two. And then I would say um, the most important thing is the first couple seconds of what you say. I always say to go right into what you're talking about. 
Um, you don't necessarily need to do like this whole long drawn out intro. Um, there, there used to be like a trend a few years ago and we still get requested this all the time to do like some 30 second intro for, for a company with like logos flying around. And it just, there's just no point. You want to hook people in with something that interests them almost like the visual version of clickbait. You kind of want to give people a reason to watch at least a little bit of the video for the first couple seconds. Yeah. I have a, it's a principle I follow with ads, but I always go, okay, someone's going to see this ad. Okay. What in the first five seconds, if they're not interested, they're, they're gone. So what am I going to capture the first five seconds? Okay. I won it. Let's say I win it the first five seconds. What am I going to do with the next five? (laughs) Okay. And then let's say they're, let's say they read the, you know, the header headline is probably the first five. The description is probably the next five. Okay. Now they've decided to click. Okay. Now they land on my webpage, my landing page, the top, just the top area, top header section. That's the first five seconds again. Did I win them again? Okay, now they're going to read the, the byline, the subline. So, like, I approach it like <laughs> I got to win every five seconds of attention because people are, you know, maybe they're multi-devicing. They're watching a show. They're watching. They're on the website. They're listening to someone. They're on their phone on the website. You got to – you're competing, right, with, like, attention constantly. And, like, things like music and sound maybe aren't going to do it. They're going to be turning down their volume. So, you know, am I going to have captions over the video or on my web page? Is it going to be sound reliant? Like, is it going to be visually? Do they have to have their attention focused to understand? Like, if they have to watch a five-minute video and they have to remember the first 30 seconds and the middle 30 seconds to get the ending, maybe that video is not going to do so well. So I, I, I approach it like in this five second, got to win it each time approach and to my ads. So it sounds like something similar is what you're, what you're talking about for video. Exactly. And that's why a lot of times with like a more professional video, you'll see the video cut to something new every couple seconds. Cause it's like, Ooh, what's next? Let's, like, <laughs> let's stick around and see what's happening next. Yeah, that's awesome. So how about scripted versus unscripted type stuff? I mean, you, you had said research your topic, maybe have some bullets, but it didn't sound like, you know, write down exactly verbatim what you're going to say. Um, but I mean, and not to say that there isn't a case for scripted. So how do you see the scripted and unscripted worlds of video videos for businesses? So we always do some sort of script, but the script is usually just like a topic and some bullets and a general direction we're taking the video. Um, especially if someone is on camera talking. Now, if we're using a spokesperson, a trained actor, or doing an animated video, we're always going to write out word for word what is going to be said and really craft every single word. But in corporate videos, like the person that is behind the screen is usually not a trained actor. And to memorize a minute of video is actually really, really hard. So we prefer to do the question-answer style. And then um, that could be cut down into something. But also free you know free flow speaking as well if you're just doing kind of one cut or you're not you know proficient with editing that works too so you know having the ability to cut down what you're saying and 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 splice that in with stuff you know that that is a huge advantage too because it's tough to be an actor when you're not an actor yeah you've also pointed out i would say another really important tip here which is if you make a like say a two three four 20, 30, whatever it is, long video, longer video, you could take bits of it, chunks of it, quotes out of it, and you could cut those, edit those out and have, basically you can take one, one video and turn it into a bunch of videos, right? Like that's, that's something that I was excited about where I was like, I could take this podcast and I could clip it 
and then I'll have a bunch of, you know, consumptive media. I can cut out of one main thing that I did. And that was, that's so valuable, I think, as a way to get additional videos out of one video. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Now it does, like you mentioned, there is some editing involved. So in terms of, let's say, okay, so we've talked a lot about businesses who are at the beginner level and how to get started, how to get going. Let's say there's a business who has enough budget and is considering, you know what, I want to make a video a week. And I think at that point, they should be thinking about a videographer or a, a video person, a content manager, maybe possibly freelance, an agency, I don't know, something to help them create that volume because that's a decent volume of output of video. So at that level, right? So what should they be considering? What should they be looking for in a videographer? Yeah, so I think there's two things. Um, really, there's filming and there's editing. Um, well, there's strategy filming, video editing, right? So when you're working with someone, they might not be great on strategy. They might not know how to make something work for marketing or make something work for a certain platform. So you want to make sure whoever you're working with has some level of strategy involved with them or you're giving them the strategy to go from there. With a videographer, um, th this is going to be the person that like gets the right shot, makes it sound good, that kind of can look at something and make sure that what is being filmed tracks to the strategy and tracks to the script. Um, and then for the editor, that's going to be someone that is actually piecing the video content together. Um, depending on where you're sitting, like you can hire an agency to roll everything up into one thing um, or, or video production company will do everything for you from strategy all the way to delivering your, your video. Or you can work with like a freelancer that does a piece of it or can kind of do one thing really well and a couple things, you know, not as well. Or you can just work with someone to edit your videos is an option as well. So a lot of ways you can interface with professionals that do it, um, that, that, that do it, um, you know, be it editing a video or recording a video and things like that. Yeah. So that's really, that's great. And in terms of, like I had mentioned one video a week as an example here, but how often do you think, like, th this is why something people are thinking, how often am I gonna have to make videos, right? Is one, is one a week standard, normal? Is two a week, three a week? Is one a month, one a year? Like, I know there's so many industries, but like, what's, what would you say somewhere in what range is like a healthy, creation process for outputting videos, just getting stuff out there. It, you may know, you, you may have one come out and it's a winner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Something, it hits really something really strong and powerful. If you see, okay, I got 50 FAQs I'm going to need to make videos for, and I have a hundred videos on the site, 150. Okay. If I want to get them made in a year, obviously that tracks back to one every three days or whatever. So, <laughs> I mean, you could do it in a lot of ways, but what would you say, what are your thoughts on how frequently and how many videos a business should be putting out there? So I think there's a couple of ways to look at it. There's your foundation videos, which are videos that kind of are evergreen content that live on your website. And there's your social media videos, which could be short form content or, or things like that. So you want to think about making some level of foundation videos that are like about us, FAQ videos, things of that nature. But you also want to look at, you know, how often should we be putting out content on social media? Um, and, you know, we have, we have clients that put out a video every single day on TikTok. And that's a lot of videos. That's <laughs> 20 videos a month. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, that's a whole separate strategy. I think when you're thinking about it, you want to kind of work backwards from where your budget is. Um, and then 
figure out how many you can make within that budget. I err on the side of like, um, don't just put out something to put out something, put out something <laughs> that has a purpose and has a certain quality. I think a lot of people will do it to check a box, which in my opinion, if you're just going to do it to check a box, you might as well just leave it be. I think you should actually like put time and effort into thinking about what it should be. So I'd rather see people do one really good one than six or quality ones, especially if they're representing their business in a professional way online. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good advice. I love the idea of uh, being of having your video, part of your video strategy being purposely driven, right? And organizing it. So, okay, here's the priority videos we'll make first, you know, essential foundational videos, things like that. And then, okay, here's the others. We also are going to need some amount of social. So kind of like, sounds like you're kind of planning out like a calendar. And then from there, you're like, okay, this tells me how many videos I should make. Do I want to do this on my own? <laughs> do I want to hire someone? You know what I mean? Like you can kind of back into that and figure out what suits your business based on your business's needs and resources. Yeah, that makes sense. So, okay, now I want to ask you about, you mentioned the animated style. So I wanted to ask you about that. Some businesses are all about in-person, live-captured stuff. You know, people uh, inter being interviewed, maybe like on the job, here's the process, here's how things are going, you know. And then there's animation style. We use a lot of animation style stuff. Um, because uh, pretty much our product isn't something you can even show visually. Like a phone call is like you show someone on the phone, but uh, you're not going to be able to show the the call moving around on the wires, you know. So sometimes it, it we can do that with like an animated concept, and people go, "Oh, now I get it," you know. <laughs> like it's not just someone telling you; it's like showing them, and that's why we found animation to be great. So how does where does animation have place, and where does the live Per live real time type of, or not even a real time, but live video have place. I think if you have a complicated idea that you need to explain visually, animation is a great way to distill the words you're saying into a deeper visual explanation. Even if you have someone talking, like a lot of times we will incorporate some level of animation or graphics that um, take something simple or take something complex or take something. Um, nuance and explain it well visually. A lot of SaaS products do well with this, um, and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, services will do well explaining their offering and their process through animation. Because it, it's not enough to just tell them sometimes you want to show some sort of visual board in graphics that move and walk people through a journey that way. Yeah. So does it mean that? Let's, uh, we use a tool for it. It's sort of like uh, PowerPoint. <laughs> it's sort of like, it's very simple interface to make these videos. But if a business wants to explore the live side, right, they need to make sure they have the camera, they have the capture, the audio, stuff like that. And it's a little different with, with the animation. Um, so does that mean people are going to need like animators? Well, there's definitely softwares that you could do, do it yourself. But yeah, you could work with an animation company or use an animator to do it as well. Is the one you're talking about, I, there's one called, I think, Adamoto. That's a software that you use. I'm not sure which one you guys use. It's very um, similar but there's definitely a couple different. Yeah, there's definitely a couple different softwares that people people use to do it themselves. But you can also hire animators to handle it for you. That's awesome. So now I want to ask you about the pitfalls. <laughs> so what should a business be looking out for? What dangers exist? What lurks, you know, in just putting music in your video that you don't, you know, <laughs> what, what happens if, you know, what are things that a business needs to be like on its radar about when it starts making videos to make sure it doesn't get in trouble to make sure the videos are successful to make sure they don't 
you know, trip and fall halfway through and realize, oh no, I have to go reshoot now. You know, like I'm sure there's a quite a bit of things, but what things come to mind that are pitfalls that a business should watch out for when it's making videos? Well, I think, I think you just mentioned two of them and we're alluding to me saying this, but uh, make sure you use royalty free music in what you're doing. I know it's not the best. It's not the latest top 20 music hits, but you know, you don't want to use music that you don't have commercial license to. Um, and, you know, you, you could theoretically get yourself in trouble for that. Also, you want to make sure you're using license. If you're using any stock footage or things like that, you want to make sure you acquire the certain licenses. And if you're using someone's face, make sure you have the permission to use their face. Um, so um, definitely cover your bases with that. But then also, um, in addition to that, make sure that when you do it um, and you watch that video back and you have other people watch it, make sure it like really represents your brand, right? Because um, sometimes it could work in the opposite. Like if you have a poorly done video on your site, it could be something that you have worked really hard on and you've stared at it for a hundred hours, but in the end of the day, it could just not be the right quality video. Um, it could turn people away in the business as well. So I think a pitfall too is like people sometimes will spend so much time on something looking at it. They think the end product is actually still good, but it's just, it's not. So you just want to make sure that you're presenting yourself professionally um, in addition to, you know, it's everything else. Yeah. What, what you're saying reminds me of the sort of, disregarded uh batwoman movie i believe that was going to come out and then they realized okay something's wrong this isn't the way we want we, we made the movie but now we're not happy with it we're going to just scrap the whole thing <laughs> um that, that's unfortunate to find out at the sort of near the end or at the end to be like oh man everything we'd worked on is is wrong is off and that could that could be savings you could make earlier if you had sort of maybe checks or feedback or something in place along the way or if you have a good strategy, a good plan, a good idea for how you're going to execute this. So the planning and execution for creating the video is one thing. Now you've got videos, you're going to launch them. So do you have any ideas, tips, or pointers for businesses, smaller businesses, who are like, okay, I've made these videos, I put them on my website. How do I get more people to watch them? How do I get these videos shared? How do I get them out there? You know what I mean? Like, how do I get the right people, that micro virality to occur? Right. So let's start with no budget. You did the video. You want to put it out there. So my recommendation is jump in some local Facebook groups. Try not to be spammy. Maybe share your video in there. Share your video to your Facebook personal audience, share it to your Instagram audience personally. Send it out to an email list. Those are like the cheapest, effectively free ways to do it. Also, just posting on all the platforms. Uh, you know, if you're going to post it on YouTube, make sure you have the right keywords, the right tags, the right description so that people can find it and it shows up. In addition to that, um, you can also do, put some ad money behind it. So all the major platforms, if you're not familiar, offer some sort of advertising program so that you can amplify your video. So YouTube ads, Facebook ads, uh, TikTok ads, Twitter ads, all, they all offer some sort of video ad program that are going to get more eyeballs, the right customer to your actual video. Uh, and then also, you know, if you have a website that's already getting some traffic coming in, you can take that traffic and just simply put the video there so people can watch that video as part of their website experience. Yeah, those are great ideas. And th there are goals in these marketing platforms, at least on the ad side. There's the goals like, I want some, I want to see, I want to put money here, but I want people to watch the video. And something that I love about those, not all of them have it of course, but some of them have the ability to take an audience out of people who watched videos. 
which is, I think, amazing. Uh, you could say, okay, I want, I want to be able to show another ad to the people who watched my video at least halfway or 75% or watch the full thing. And that audience is someone who's been educated enough to watch, you, you hope, right, from watching a video. Obviously, if you're using a 15-second video, someone who's watched half of it may not have even reacted quick enough to turn it off. <laughs> so take into account how long it is and what you're, what you're thinking of. But I think video represents like an amazing retargeting opportunity from my, my expertise in the ad side too. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's an amazing point because what you could do is you could show, give them an offer. Once they, you know, once they've found out about you, you could take, you know, anyone that's watched 45 seconds of your video, throw them a 10% off coupon or like do something to just bring them in or, you know, offer them a free coaching consulting call, like whatever, whatever your offer is to get someone in, you could do it based on people watching a video. So you're hundred percent right. And with GDPR and a lot of the changes with cookies, um, video retargeting is kind of one of those, like almost like the last man standing, you know, in, in the form of, of, of retargeting. So, you know, that's, that's the other piece of it. And people getting more control of their data. This is, this is one that's platform controlled in a way. So the platforms are able to still operate and still let you know if someone watched 30%, you know, a certain percentage of their video, then you're able to retarget that person versus like that multi-platform thing that's being banned on uh, Apple and probably eventually Android too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's valuable to be building your audience and your website, to be building your email list, to be building your you know, your followers in social media or your, your audience in social media, however you want to call it, uh, to be able to build a good referral network. So a lot of times businesses are doing all these things or doing these things, uh, and it's, it's a great way for them to move forward. I've um, even like had some work done in our house, and the company was like, here's what to expect. Just like you had mentioned with the kitchen and bath company. And they, they were like, we really also really want you to have watched this video before we work with you. And it was like, oh, that's interesting. The video is a part of a requirement. But in the video, they are like, here's the main things that are going to help us be successful. And it was very, it was like a minute. It wasn't that long. But it was like covering the bases so that they knew, okay, that you had seen in a concise way the, the big obstacles that we will face that will could throw off the whole project, right? And they were using it in that way. So I think it's interesting to consider like what are, so here's a question, dude. Maybe one of the last ones because we're getting close to the end here. What are the foundational type videos you think a business should consider making? I think um, if you're going to pick anything, you should do an about us video, who we are, why we exist in the world. For some, that might be an explainer video walking them through like what the product offering is. Um, and then FAQ videos. Take the most frequently asked questions you get on the phone in sales calls um, or people that walk in your door. What are they asking you? And just put a bunch of videos together that cover those um, those things. It could also be used as a customer success tool as well. So, you know, putting together videos that explain how to use your product in a deeper way um, are great. So, I mean, if you get beyond those first two and want to use it on the back end for not just customer acquisition strategy, but for customer success strategy, that's a whole nother hour that you and I could chat about. <laughs> but yeah, I think today we focus mostly on customer acquisition. So yeah, yeah. No, I really appreciate you coming on, David, and sharing all this. This is fantastic. Someone who has the 
knowledge and the experience of doing this and what to expect and, and, and demystifying it, making it less scary, I think is a big thing I'm trying to get out of this too. So if anyone does have questions for you, wants to connect with you, wants to learn more about you, how should they go about finding you or connecting with you? Absolutely. So I am very findable on all of the social medias. So you can just go use my name and then just uh, reach out there or our website, viralideamarketing.com. Great. I really appreciate, David, you coming on, sharing all your wisdom, <laughs> talking with us about video marketing for small businesses. And you've given us such great tips, things that I'm even going to take back and consider looking at. And I would definitely say like we should be approaching video with a little bit more motivation and confidence than we were before. So uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Close the Loop podcast. 